Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. But welcome everybody, how are you? My name's Brad, I'm one of the pastors here. We're going to have an awesome morning this morning. I'm excited about what God's got. I just want to let you know I've started a new extreme sport. It's called walking up my driveway, and uh, apparently at my age, that is an extreme sport. And so, praise God, I haven't broken anything, but I did twist my ankle pretty bad on Thursday night, and lucky Pastor Joe hadn't gone home yet, could ice, get the ice for my ankle, but anyway, that's another story, not what I'm here to talk about. But um, yeah, I'm excited this morning. If I can grab a stool, that'd be great, um, and I'm going to put these away. Yeah, we're going to have an interview in a moment, Pastor Tim's going to come, but first, just a few housekeeping things. Uh, I'm really excited that we're moving into Faith Promise. Are you? That's good. That's really exciting. That's great um, because I'm just going to put them down there. Um, Faith Promise is coming up. Um, Caden spoke to that. Uh, That's different from our normal uh, giving. And there's our giving generosity station down the back and there's ways to give. Um, But the Faith Promise giving is different because it's going to the mission areas of our church. And as of next week, there will be pledge cards and a box at the back for giving the faith promise, your faith promise, which is, as we said, we've been building up to it. There's more information in the book in the booklet about that. Um, there's a sermon a couple of weeks ago I did uh, about what faith promise giving is uh, from a biblical perspective and, and as how we're doing it as a church. And it really isn't about how much money we have, amen? It's how much money God wants to provide through you, through grace giving that you don't have to earn. He's going to provide it in a way that we're going to trust him for, but he's going to put a figure on your heart, on my heart, on family's hearts, and you're going to pledge that figure uh, to to God. And anonymously, uh, as of next week, there'll be opportunity to place that into the faith promise giving box. And all that money and all the pledges um, that that we're giving, sorry, not the money, the actual amount, is going into the missions account. So if you're here and you regularly give to the church and you're going to give to Faith Promise, don't give to your normal, the regular church account. That's for the general operational budget. This will go to our mission account. And as of next week, those details will be on the screen, on the box at the back, in our bulletin um, and really clear so that on February 20, February, August 20, (laughs) August 20 in two weeks time is our official Faith Promise Sunday. But who knows, not everyone can make it every week. So you may want to give your Faith Promise next week or the week after. But the official one in two weeks time, we've got Steve McCready from Riverview Church coming and to speak about faith. And that will be on the back of the um, Love Lives conference, by the way. So that's going to be awesome, isn't it? Who's the speakers for Love Lives? Um, so we've got Pastor Matt Hennigan from Nations Church on the Friday night, and then um, Saturday we've got in-house, so me and Luke will be preaching the Saturday afternoon and the Saturday night. Awesome. So yeah, awesome. it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So, so much happening this month. Don't forget Wednesday night, this Wednesday, Gary Hayes from, uh, uh, from Canada is coming too. Does everyone been getting that information? Give me a wave if you know about that or you don't, because that'll determine how long I speak right now. Okay, cool. Wednesday night, Gary Hayes with a real prophetic voice, and I'm so excited Um, as he's going to speak prophetically into the life of our church. He's going to be having a session with our eldership and staff. Um, And then at 
7 p.m. on Wednesday night is open for our church. I would encourage you, it really is for our church. That's not a selfish thing. It doesn't mean other people can't come. But he's wanting to build and he's praying into and seeking God into building Calamunda Church of Christ in the gifts that he's bring. And you receive a prophet in a prophet's name, you receive a prophet's reward. And God's got a reward for our church in terms of speaking into the life of our church on Wednesday night. Um, and there will be opportunity where he will speak prophetically over individuals obviously if you're willing if you don't want to that's fine but he would love to do that in the life of our church but probably not everybody is going to get that experience but as hopefully as many people as we can he's going to speak into the life of our church i'm so excited wednesday night 7 p.m here anyway um that's why we, we're not having communion this morning, but we're going to celebrate the gospel in a different way through the power of testimony and what God is doing through one of our mission areas here, one of the biggest mission areas, which is our youth mission-focused, outward-focused area. So I've just got Tim up here, and we're going to share for a while, and Tim's just going to share um, a little bit about what's been happening in the life um, of youth mission and outreach. And it's a ministry, but it's also a real focus of outreach and mission, isn't it, Tim? Friday nights are crazy. No, that's the right word, crazy. Um, definitely, yeah. It's um, it's such an awesome place, and we've heard time and time again that kids come back because they feel welcomed and loved. But that um, kids also come back because we hang ropes from the ceilings and paint the church and other silly stuff. Smash but up cars. Smash and... up cars. Um, whatever the case, we love absolutely crazy things. Um, the crazy things bring the kids in, but the love of Jesus keeps the kids in. Amen. Um, yeah. and yeah. There's, it's just been absolutely crazy. Um, Before you get into that, then how do you, how do you, what, what's the vision for Wildfire Youth? Yeah, we um, we we've wanted, and it's it's in the name. A wildfire is unlike a bonfire, unlike a pit fire, whatever. Um, a wildfire, and um, if Toby's in the room or any firefighters, it's the scariest fire to fight because you've got a wall of flame that's coming at you, but that's not the thing you have to be scared about. It's the embers that it sends out kilometers ahead of the fire that start its own fires. And by the time the main front of the fire has caught up, there are already fires in their own regard. Um, and it's a scary thing to fight because you can't contain it. Um, and that's the mission of wildfire, that we would equip young people to go out into their schools, into their spheres of influence, and just set people on fire for Jesus. Mm. Um, and it's, it's happening again and right. again. It's awesome. Um, We've got, we've got kids in multiple schools running Bible studies um, and, yeah, just multiple people attempting to just... I've, I set a challenge. I'd buy any kid any Bible they want if they got up in front of their whole school in the quad at lunch, whatever, and just told everybody that Jesus loves them. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got a bit scared there for a moment um, <laughs> for my bank balance because I went to Kurong and realized how expensive Bibles are. <laughs> how many kids told me they wanted to do it? So, um, no, it's... Yeah, that, that, that's our heart, and we really want that next generation, not just, we don't just want that hype. We, um, as I said, the hype will bring him into youth group, but it doesn't build faith. Yeah. And for the longest time, part of wildfire, there's been seasons where we've had 25 baptisms in one year, but then the next year, um, we've had the lowest numbers we ever had, and our mission outreach stops. And so we, a uh, number of years ago, reset and said, you know, everything, culture is paramount. We want a culture of discipleship, a culture of love, where people, where kids, they don't want to be anywhere but here, regardless of what the night looks like. They, they just need to be in the presence of God, and they want to be with their wild fam. Mm. So, um, so tell us about what's been happening, some of oh, the, uh, especially man. current testimonies. I, uh, we had testimony last week, and then uh, we'll get to this week, because, uh, yeah, I'm going to start. Friday night was up. huge. Friday night was it was start with the week we, before. Yeah, right? we'll start with the week before. We've um we run a program every Friday lunchtime in Kalamata Senior High, and I had the um 
privilege of being a relief teacher last year at Kalamunda Senior High. Um, and that school is hurting. Um, mm. Really, really, yeah. really hurting. Um, Desi, the chaplain, is um, she's got her work cut out for her, that's for sure. Um, and I just got my eyes open last year to the actual how much that school needs Jesus. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a broken place, um, but a place that has some awesome Christian teachers who value their kids and who got us in there. And so Friday, every Friday, we run in a, run a program. Uh, we go in and run a program with our, the Year 7s um, and just lunchtime games where we get the opportunity to just say, hey, come along to Wildfire. Unfortunately, um, days of old, we might have been able to preach the gospel in the school. We can't even mention the name of Jesus. If we do, we're done. But, hey, St. Francis of Assisi was right. Preach the gospel always. Use words if necessary. Yeah. Um, and so we get to go in there and um, just love on these kids, play games and invite them along. And um, last week especially, we've got some regulars that come along, Billy, Jake and a couple of others. They are nuts. Um, but we've got, we had seven young people um, along last week in our group. Um, we had some connect groups after the service and had seven of these um, crazy kids. And I was upstairs with the year nine tens, but decided our leaders down here needed another leader or two. Um, so I came and joined them. And it was one of the most powerful times I've ever had at youth ministry. We had, um, we had some of these young kids and we started off and we're just doing stories about the fruits of the Spirit and when somebody's been faithful or um, when you've had joy or peace in your life and they were all kind of superficial stories and then asked Toby Hobson to share his testimony about when God was faithful to him. And many of you have heard the story about when um, they had a burnover, he's a firefighter and... Um, they had a burnover and he was stuck, completely surrounded by flames. And there was just this beautiful picture that God opened basically a doorway straight through the flames for them and their fire truck to get out. They managed to get out and as immediately said, he looked in the rearview mirror and it just closed up. The whole place burnt down seconds later. Um, and he, he shared this testimony. And then um, we just said, hey, has anybody got stories like that? And um, one of our young, um, young kids, they shared a testimony week one of... Um, last term, uh, so one of the first few weeks, and I, I hadn't heard this, and it brought me to tears. I need to te teach our kids to share their testimonies, but mm. he came in, he had a, um, he'd had surgery on his knee, but the, um, the surgery site had gotten infected badly, um, and he needed to go back in um, to go get it addressed, and it was painful, it was horrible, um, but Luke prayed for him that night, um, and when he woke them in the morning, the infection was like, gone completely. Mm. Um, and he just and, kept that to himself oh, for a couple of weeks. You, you guys are going to have sore hands by the end of this, I promise that. If, but <laughs> clap at every testimony. We, we need to give yeah. praise to God. But, um, yeah. And then that same night, um, we had a young guy who'd come in and he, um, he just had a plate put in his mouth um, the week before um, or the week before that. But it was incredibly painful. Anybody who's had braces or a plate knows it, it's not comfortable um, in that space. Um, and he'd fallen out of a tree at recess and then at lunchtime being like proper smacked to the ground on the um, basketball court by some of the older kids. They were just playing basketball and he just got hit to the ground. It's when you're a young one playing with old ones, happens. And um, yeah, he said that literally, and we pray each Friday that as they walk through the threshold of those doors, that there would be peace and healing over their lives. Mm. And he said, as he walked through, the pain melted just through awesome. his feet, gone. He um, just, yeah, yeah glory to God. Can I just say, interject, what I love seeing and floating around the building on a Friday and things like that, and at 6pm on a Friday, you walk past and just to see the amount of young leaders and leaders that are just praying for the night and just calling on God for what he's going to do. Mm. And, that, and, you know, I just want to say to you young leaders and the youth leaders, 
thank you for what you do, but your spiritual vitality that you put into it is mm. unbelievable and challenges all of our generations, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Back to um, the story of Yeah, that. we had, had another young guy who's um, the first time ever at youth ministry and he's been struggling. His, um, he had a family member pass a while ago and um, it, it had really come forward. He had this guilt. It's just this, this pain and this heartache that was just welling up. And he, he was really struggling um, with his mind at that moment. Um, and he said same thing. He walked through the doors, literally those ones right there, and he just he felt it just leave. He felt this joy, this peace. Not a, not a young Christian, first time he'd ever walked into youth ministry, and he was one of our crazy Kalamunda kids. Um, first time he'd walked in and he just encountered the presence of God without anybody ever praying over him, without anybody, like we hadn't even, we'd welcomed him at the door and then the leader was bringing him upstairs to come and introduce him to the other young guns, but um, just on the spot, just mental clarity, healing and joy in his life. And then um, there was a a young person that was chatting to one of our leaders, um, an avid atheist, and he decided in the chill time he needed to make sure we knew we were silly for believing what we were believed and that we needed to listen to a few podcasts. Um, and on that night, um, all seven of the Kalamunda kids that had walked in, um, we, we came to a point where we just in our connection was like, hey, if you'd like to give your life to Jesus tonight, um, would you slide your hand up? So all seven of them did, and then some of our regular um, wild fam, just some of our amazing believers. We've, oh my gosh, mm. I've got to talk about some of our young ones <laughs> in a moment, but they just gathered around them, and um, we just prayed over them. Um, so and all seven said all yes seven, to Jesus. And we, Come we, on. we prayed, hey. Awesome. Um, we prayed the um we just prayed the salvation prayer with them. Um, all of their just all their, their mates in Christ around them, praying for them. And um, I mean, normally when you've got a new person who's walked in and has never given their life or doesn't know what church is about, you pray the salvation prayer and they do the classic when you say amen, they're like Thanks. <laughs> These kids went nuts when they gave their life to Jesus. Mm. Like, I mean, there was joy like I've never seen. We had other groups telling us to shush, because, but these kids wouldn't shut up. And that young atheist man who'd come in, gave his life to Jesus that night, <laughs> and, um, like, he was the loudest of them all, like, cheering, just so excited to encounter and give his life to God that night. Woo! It's just... Good. Yeah. And I thought that was the only testimony that I'd have. Um, I was yeah. like, there's lots of testimonies. So I was like, oh, well, we'll stop there. And then um, we, we're going through a series on the Holy Spirit because um, our conference, Love Lives, last year our conference was called God is Love. Um, so we started with identity the year before that and then letting the kids know God is love and he loves you. And then this year is the idea that love lives, that mm. God, who is love, is alive. He is moving he is well, he is living, and his Holy Spirit is breathing in this world. And this year is all about the Holy Spirit, encounter, walking with, talking with the Holy Spirit. So we started with who is the Holy Spirit. We look at the start of the term, then we preached, then I preached fruits. And last week, Luke brought a word on um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As in Friday, just gone. Yeah, Friday, just yep. gone. Uh, this is where it's about to get nuts. Um, we, um, oh, whew. It's good. He, um, he, Luke brought an incredible message, and then at the end, he just, he said, there is a young person in the room, any young people who, who would like to be anointed with the gifts of the Spirit and the um, authority to pray in this space, come up the front. And we had a few that would just kind of come up, and then we had a flood of kids that just came to the front, got prayed for with the authority of the Holy Spirit, and then um, the authority to move in, and then they, we just looked sat in the back of their seats. 
And then he asked, is there anybody in this room that needs prayer for healing? And um, there was a couple tentative hands that went up and it's like, cool. Young people, you've just been anointed with the Holy Spirit. So let's turn around. Um, the leaders were the only ones that were allowed to lay hands. So we would come, we'd lay hand on the shoulder and we'd start praying. And the kids would gather around and they're just reaching out their hands and started praying. And um, we, um, we, had in the, um, we had a young girl who walked in, dislocated her knee about a week ago, um, crutches, still couldn't walk properly. She walked out holding her crutches on Friday night. We had a young person who dislocated her knee about two months ago, but still, like, she needs to go to the physio all the time. Just, it's constant pain. Pain just melted away from her. We had a, a young man who then went and started praying over, and he prayed with authority, like, this, I've, I've, whew, I've never seen the spirit in a boy like this. Um, received the gift of tongues, then started going around, and he, not praying in tongues, but started just praying over kids as well. We had back pain just melt off kids. We had anxiety come off kids. We had a young person with terrible shin pain that needs surgery that um, just started weeping as the pain just left and just completely disappeared from him. Um, we had what a hip injury from footy this week that just healed in the name of Jesus. Mm. Um, and so back, can, sorry, can I just, because yeah. oh, it's so good, I don't I want to just, that first one where there was a young lady and she had the, she had a knee brace on, mm. she was in crutches, and um, the group got around her, and I spoke mm. to Abby before, she was in that group, and just the, how it impacted her mm. so much to see God move in that space, and when Sky was come, coming over to get our kids, she said, she, oh, Brad, you wouldn't believe what happened over there, I said, what? She said, well, I was walking up to get the kid, to get Chloe, and there's this girl coming out holding crutches saying, praise the Lord, and her parents are looking at her going, what, why aren't you on your crutches? She's like, I'm healed. How good is that? Come on. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, praise God. No, just a testimony after testimony after testimony and um we, we we had like in our debrief at the end we had some had some interesting like just we had concerns it's like if you walked in it would have looked a bit strange like for an hour if it was your first time here at youth ministry walked in for, for an hour this auditorium we just had quiet spotify worship in the background and kids just praying over each other there was no hype there mm. was no excitement if it was your first time in it, it like it probably could have seemed a bit weird, possibly a bit do you think that's Do you think that's the challenge? Like my heart, and we've spoken mm. about this and we haven't rehearsed this, so I might, yeah, yeah. if I surprise you, I'll surprise you. But um, my heart really has always been to be outward focused in my life, but to be empowering believers, but engaging seekers Come at on. the same time. And do you think that's the challenge? It's, it's outward focused. But you know, when I was at youth group, it was about how many marshmallows I could fit in my mouth. And that, that Not was... Not allowed a, to play that game that anymore. That was a big um, night. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, H&S. <laughs> but yet you want kids to come and have the best time ever. But then Definitely. Jesus is the centre. Yeah. How, how do you manage well, that? Well, we had this, in our debrief, it was, it was brought up. And all of us were like, yeah, we, we actually, we all saw it and we all felt it. And we're like, oh, it could have looked strange. Yet I had um, two young people, first time they've ever been mm. um, in this youth ministry. Um, one of them never seen the context of church rally before. Um, say afterwards, they were like, we need tickets to main event, we need tickets to the conference, we're going to be here every week, because for the first time, we've actually seen young Christians who practice what they preach. Yeah, cool. That we saw the, we saw the Holy Spirit mm. move tonight. It's good. 
And we still, we had, we had games afterwards. It was nuts. We usually have a ball pit. Don't go, ever go upstairs if you come and visit. You will be hit by a million flying balls. <laughs> um, but it was, it was fresh for people to actually see it's like, we're serious about this God yeah. thing. Um, and we had a comment, and it was one of the most amazing comments that I've had that was so challenging that we need to be so careful. And people notice often youth ministry can be a place that's all about the hype. Mm. And it's all about engaging new people so much so that it's got a little bit of ministry attached. Mm. But Wildfire, we are a ministry that draws people in. Uh, we are focused on Jesus through and through. Um, we're, st- we're still going to be outwards focused. We are still mm. going to draw people in, but they're actually going to encounter Jesus. It's a ministry that has the hype attached. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm still like just shaking from Friday night. Like the... the <laughs> best bit about it was seeing young people who realized the authority to preach the authority to pray the gifts of the spirit were theirs yeah it's it's not something they needed to wait for they didn't need to ask a leader to come and pray they started praying and healing happened before Mm. their eyes Mm. they started praying and somebody walked out without their crutches they started praying and people were crying because pain was leaving they started praying and there was freedom over people's minds Mm. Mm. and the young people realized Ooh, the spirit moves through yeah. them. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just... So good. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up in a little bit um, now. Um, but yeah, I just want to pray for, the, for, mm. for it and it just encourage our church. This is a mission-focused area. This is uh, youth ministry and youth mission and outward focus is not in our operational budget this year. It is part of the faith promise because we see this as the biggest area in our church where we're seeing baptisms, salvations, uh, reaching out into the community. And we don't want to see, we want to see Tim's heart and his leader's heart have the ability to expand so much to go, not just one school, but what about five schools? What about another school? What about not just uh, one, uh, little two interns this year? What about if we had 15 interns one year and they were on mission and they're going into these places like, who, who knows what God can That's do? That's a lot of interns. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's freaking out. But, uh, <laughs> and, and just in this space, that's what the faith promise is about. That's where part of um, our giving and our faith promise relying on God is going. And we're just so confident that God is going to keep sustaining but expanding this. So thanks so much for sharing your heart. I, um, I also just want to, yeah, if for you, um, for the conference coming up, I know we said it, but um, we've got, so far we have um, three plus um, youth groups that are going to be joining us um, and um, probably a good idea to get a few more leaders. We've got a, we've got a lot, but uh, if you would love to help out on the night, um, whether it's just making sure kids aren't running out the boundary, because that's always fun when a kid disappears. Um, if you'd like to help, we're going to be giving out um, free pizza to everybody who um, comes helping with that aspect or whatever the case. If you'd just like to help out, please come talk to me. Um, we want it to be an amazing um, event, but we always want youth group to make sure that it is safe and we need enough people. We need enough yeah. hands and bodies on the ground for that. So, um, yeah. yeah, please come talk to me if you'd like to help out um, or just flick me a text mm. um, regardless. But, yeah. yeah. We see it as um, – uh, thank you. I'm going to pray. And we see it as – it's not youth mission. It's actually families. Oh, it's okay. it's marriages. It's It goes into the community, into lives. So powerful. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful mission and the ministry attached to what you're doing through Wildfire. We just pray a blessing over Pastor Tim and over his leaders and over the whole space there, Father. We thank you for a safe space. We pray you continue to grow that. I pray it would be 
what you're calling it to be into the future, that it would expand how you want it to expand, that it would move in areas that you want it to move in, and that there will be such a freedom, Lord. We want to thank you for the testimonies that we've been able to share this morning in, in what Tim has said, and we celebrate the gospel in that, Father. We thank you that you are a life changer, that you came and died and rose again, not for a religion, but for these stories, for lives turning to you and saying yes to you, to be forgiven and set free. So we want to thank you and, and look forward to what all you're going to continue to do in this space in the name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Hey, can we um, just make a little bit of noise and thank the beautiful youth leaders? They serve yeah. every single Friday. They're awesome. Um, some of them, they'll take time off, but they serve every Friday, oftentimes Sunday. And yeah, they, they love this next generation. So youth leaders, we just champion you and honor you. You guys yeah. are amazing. Um, couldn't do it without you. You're amazing. So true, so true. And one thing I just love about our church is when you come on a Sunday and you see young people down the front um, worshipping God at uh, 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I just think we've got a special thing happening here. Uh, and it's not just in that generation, it's in all our generations. Um, next week we're going to be looking at Kids Hope, the mentoring into Wollaston School and highlighting some of the uh, things that God's doing there. Um, and and, and in, there's just so much going on also with the Busy Bees um, playgroup that Nicole runs and some of the things they're highlighting just how impacting communities. And um, and on that, I want to share a couple of thoughts and uh, in the time left, the next three hours, and then we'll... <laughs> just kidding. I just want to share a couple of thoughts um, about this as we prepare our hearts for not only faith, promise, giving, but... Um, mission starts here and that's what I was going to share about today originally was our my Jerusalem you know uh, you'll receive power to go into all the world but it starts where we are in our Jerusalem it starts here it starts now I'm a big believer of that if anyone's ever heard my testimony you know that when I really came on fire for the Lord and he really turned me around in a shearing shed and uh, all the shearers were just sort of noticed this this big shift this change you know I didn't have to say anything as Tim said it was my life and I'll never forget the first time I got to preach and they, they all, all these tattooed up guys coming in to, to come and hear me preach. And no one got saved that day. None of them came back. But that's okay. It was, <laughs> it's okay. I was, it was my first message. Give me a break. No, not really. But it, 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 to this day, it's seed sown. And it, and it's, but what God said to me was, Brad, don't think you're going to preach the gospel uh, anywhere else unless you're doing it in this shearing shed right here, right now. This is where it starts. This is where you give your life to me, in your business, in your family, in your marriage. Will you surrender right now? And what really grabs a hold of us when it really starts to happen is, is this thought that mission is always preceded by a burden, a burden for the lost. Anything that's missional only comes out of a deep-seated burden from God. That's why God said he loved the world so much he gave. There was a burden that produced mission. He came on mission for you out of a burden of love, and it's the same for us today. Um, I'm not talking about an unhealthy burden. Uh, Jesus said, my burden is easy and light. Uh, but what I'm talking about is a divine discontentment that grips you so much that you would give up your Friday nights to see others know Jesus. That grips you so much you would sacrifice something. You would have a burden that would propel you and move you to change something so that others would know Jesus. This is how my definition of a, bur a, a, a burden for the lost, uh, it's not on the screen, but my definition is this. It is a holy motivation, a brokenness of heart for others, and an anguish on the inside birthed from a revelation that eternity is real. It's birthed from a revelation that eternity is real. I want you to really catch that this morning. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.11 on the screen, it says that God set eternity in the human heart. 
I love how the Amplified says this about eternity. It is a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. And what he's saying there is there's something on every human being that knows that it can't just be here and now. It can't just be get up, eat, sleep, repeat and die. There must be more to my life than this. And God's put that in the human heart that you were created by God for a purpose. And eternity is that purpose that there's going to be so much more. If you've ever watched Francis Chan talk about eternity with a big bit of rope and he's got this massive rope that goes all the way around the room almost and and he's got this tiny bit that's coloured red and the tiny bit red is your life here and now. The rest is eternity. We can't even put it into the human brain but you are going to live for Forever, somewhere your body is going to die and you're going to step out of this earthly tent the bible says and your soul will live forever either in the presence of god in heaven or in hell which is separation from god you are an eternal spirit an eternal being and it's the revelation of that that gives me the burden to go i need you to know jesus i need you to know god from that holy burden. Paul had this on the next slide. It says this in Romans 9 verses 1 to 3. He said this about a burden he had. He said, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears witness in the Holy Spirit. Catch what he just did then. Three times he said, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. What? I'm not lying. And then he says, and my conscience bears witness that this is true in the Holy Spirit. You've got to catch the reason he's saying that, I believe, is because he's about to say something so radically profound. He wants you to know that he, this is serious. This is not what other scriptures would be hyperbole. However you say that, hyperbole. Hyperbole. Thank you. Thank you. Youth intern, next year. That's, you can help me with more words. That'll be really helpful, please. And... Uh, it's not, he's not being exaggerating. He wants you to know that I'm telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You can believe what I'm about to say because no, this is crazy what he says. You ready? He says this, that I have great, and the word for that is mega, sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brother's my kinsman according to the flesh. This is crazy. Did you catch that what he's just said? Paul is just saying that for his Israelites, for his, it's his, he's talking about his Jerusalem. He's talking about where he's caught here and now. He's talking about his people, his family, his connection. And he says this, I have so much sorrow, it doesn't go away. This is not an emotional thing. This is something that is in, in a burden I carry and it gives anguish of heart. It it troubles me so much. And he says, I actually wish that I could be cut off, accursed from Christ, if my own family, my own brothers could be saved. He said, it's like what Moses said. Moses said, destroy me with the people, Lord, if you're going to destroy them because I'm with them. I love them so much, Lord, destroy me. But he wouldn't. Now, the chapter before this, Paul says, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. This is not a theological thing. He knows that this is, cannot happen. He knows that he can't, this, he can't sort of say, yeah, me for them. But he's saying, I want you to know this is so true. I am so burdened for my own family, for my own people, that I wish they could be saved and I, I couldn't almost. I'd be cut off. What a crazy thing to say. But this is the type of burden that Paul carried. This is the type of burden that birthed the New Testament uh, writings in his heart. Notice it started with where he was at. He was basically saying, I want to see my family in heaven. It causes me that much anguish. Can I ask us a real serious question this morning and to myself? 
When was the last time you were broken to a point like this, or maybe even 20% of a point like this for the lost people in your life? When was the last time it put you in tears and anguish to know that your family, your loved ones, will not spend eternity with God? When was it when it really it grabbed you and gripped you and it pulled you to your knees to say, God, I need you to save my family? See, we get anguish about a lot of things. Some people get a lot of anguish at the moment about sports teams, football games, causes anguish. Um, uh, financial situations causes anguish. Health issues causes anguish. Uh, family conflicts causes anguish. But how about getting some anguish and some sorrow for, for something that really, really matters? Now, those things all matter that I said, but we have more sorrow and more heart for the things of this world at times than for the eternal souls of people. And God wants his, us as his church to, get a, to, to, to have this brokenness and this burden that only comes from him. This isn't condemnation this morning. I'm with you this morning. I'm saying I need more of this. I need to be, stop being so focused on me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity, and get back to saying, Lord, give me a burden for the lost like never before. Give me a burden for the lost. And I see that in our young people, or for the, in our youth mission. There's a burden for these young people that a generation wouldn't just be swept up by the devil's schemes. And he's doing so much, isn't he? He's kicking so many goals. But Lord, bring the church on fire for you where we have a burden that moves us, moves us to sacrifice. That's the question this morning. It's a healthy question to ask our own hearts. Do we have this burden like Paul had? And I don't think any of us would ever really have it to that point like he's talking. But hey, we should be praying for it. Charles Spurgeon said this, Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then be sure of this, you're not saved yourself. The sign that you are a spirit-filled, born-again believer, that you're on fire, the sign, one of the evidences is that you would desire all others to come to know Jesus. I love the quote that says, The church is the only organization on earth that exists for its non-members. How good's that? We're the only thing. Everywhere else, it's for the members. We exist for the not yet believers. That's why we're sitting here this morning, not for us. We're doing it for the outward-focused mission of what God's calling us to. Uh, General William Booth, you remember him? He founded the Salvation Army Church and the Salvation Army is so well known for going out, yeah, being on mission and he said this quote, he said, his desire, had it be possible, would be to dangle his evangelism trainees over hell for 24 hours. That way they could see the reality that awaits awaits those who do not know Jesus Christ. That's a pretty big training technique, isn't it? And I know there are different ideas on what hell is and what hell isn't and, uh, and this sorts of thing. And, and we can get caught up in that and that's okay to, to study that sort of stuff. But I want to tell you this, hell is eternal separation from God and all that God is. Whether there is the weeping and gnashing of teeth, whether the story in um, Luke 16 of the rich man and Lazarus, the poor guy called Lazarus and and I've got a sermon that I do. I haven't preached it here yet, but I preached it. I used to preach it once a year called One Hell of a Message. And it was all on that scripture and about what, what, what some of the things about the reality of hell are like. Not to scare people into heaven. I don't believe that, but I'd love to scare the hell out of some people, yeah? So, uh, yeah. 
Not to scare people, but if it is true, which I believe the Bible is, and I believe hell is a place of eternal torment, and a part of that torment is the regret of every time that somebody has heard the gospel or the opportunity to receive Jesus, and regret, regret, regret. And in that story, there's a chasm, and there is no going back. It is final hell. It is separated hell. It is uh, eternal torment, and it's uh, so many things in it. And no matter what you believe, I just want to be with God. And, And yes, when I was younger, there was a bit of a fear of hell, that, uh, that would uh, cause my motivation to live for God. And I don't ascribe to that today. I believe it's the grace of God that leads to repentance, His kindness. I believe it's His grace that empowers us. But hey, let's not throw everything out. Let's, the hell is a real thing. I believe it is a real literal place that the souls and spirits of people will be eternally, eternally tormented in. And uh, on that note, <laughs> not really. Imagine ending a sermon there. That's why the gospel is so good to me. That's why it's so good. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.30, which I haven't got here, but I know it's on the screen. The next one. Thanks, Chase. How good is Chase doing our uh, media? Young Chase, thanks so much. So good to see a young guy serving. Thank you. Uh, It says this, The fruit of the consistently righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise captures and wins souls for God he gathers them for eternity. A wise person, he says, wins souls. Wisdom is winning souls to the kingdom. Now, God is the only one who can save a soul. I know that. But we're called to carry a burden for them and to sow the seeds and to reach out with the gospel. That's our calling. Eternity matters and we need to live like it matters and to be on mission here. You know, I love what Josh shared last week. If you were here last week, if you weren't, check out the podcast, Josh from Mandra. And one of the key things he talked about was their mission, mission field, Love My Mandra. And I love some of the ideas that they do and what God's done in that. And um, so I'm just stealing his idea. And we're going to do something here over this course of this month is uh, we want to see how we can bless our city. And you'll notice out in the foyer, there's a big blackboard. And now at the top, it says, Bless Our City. And I just want to give, say, I don't have the best ideas. I don't have the best ideas how we can love our community, how we can reach out to our communities. But you do. And there's chalk out there. And I would encourage you to write ideas on the chalkboard. And it doesn't matter whether they're possible or not. With God, all things are possible. Any, if God gives you a thought, just write it down. If you've got, it doesn't mean it'll definitely happen. But I'd love to see so many ideas up there. There's one already of uh, of Christmas and doing a Christmas, uh, not a service, but serving people who are on their own for Christmas for lunch or brunch or breakfast or something. And ideas that how we can reach out and bless and love our community. And so, can I ask you, do that if you've got something on your heart. Because um, I'm coming to a close, but as I do, I want to encourage you, never underestimate the power of chalk in the hands of someone inspired by God. I want to tell you about a guy that had chalk in his hands. His name was Arthur Stace. Have you heard the story of Arthur Stace? He is known as Mr. Eternity. Um, it is one of the most captivating stories about eternity uh, that, that captured the people of Sydney and beyond for over 30 years in, from the 1930s to the 1960s. What happened was there was this word eternity that was written in beautiful copper plate. And you go to the next slide, thanks, Chase. In the beautiful copper plate script with yellow chalk on pavement, the pavements of Sydney, country New South Wales, Newcastle and Melbourne. That this word eternity was, was written, that's actually a picture of Arthur Stace writing it back then. And it was an interesting story how he would write it all over pavement. He was like the best graffiti artist going around. And he, um, 
Interesting story is that no one knew for 25 years who was writing this word eternity all over Sydney. It was a, it was a mystery. It made the papers and nobody knew. Um, but how it actually started was there was a, a Baptist evangelist by the name of John Ridley, and he was preaching in a church. And what happened was Arthur Stace had become a Christian. He was a, a drunk. He was a petty criminal. He was uh, in and out of uh, seeing the judge and nearly in jail. Um, but he was saved. He'd become to know Jesus. One of the biggest things that got off of his life was the grip of alcohol. And he was sitting in this service as John Ridley was preaching this message called The Echoes of Eternity. And he just kept screaming, if I could shout eternity, eternity, eternity through, the, through all the streets of Sydney. And as, as, as Arthur was sitting there, God just gripped his heart and gripped him with such a heart to know that God was calling him on an assignment to start writing eternity. But he was like almost illiterate. He was like, he'd not, not had much of an education. His, his upbringing was terrible. And been a drunk most of his life until 45. And then he walked out of that service that, that night. And as he walked out, he had a bit of chalk in his pocket. And he got down and to his amazement, as he wrote the word eternity, in private, no one saw it. It was perfect copper plate font. And he knew that God had called him for a purpose, a specific purpose. So what he did was every morning from then on, he would get up at 4 a.m. and he'd have a cup of tea with God. And during that first hour of the cup of tea, he'd say, God, where do you want me to go today? Where do you want me to be on mission? He couldn't preach the gospel, but he could write eternity. And he would go out to where God would show him. And from about three to four hours every morning before the office work would start, he would write eternity. It was recorded that it was written about 500,000 times in that space of 30 years. And I did the research and I think I got, I, I forget now, I was doing it on my phone last night, something like uh, 60 or I can't, 300 times a day, I can't remember. But it was significant that he would do it all their mornings and people would wonder, who is Mr. Eternity in the papers? And then one day he uh, was at church and he, he, it was actually a, it was a tent campaign and the pastor was going out to do something and he went out and he, he knew Arthur Stace and he saw him and caught him in the, right in the act and he caught him writing uh, Eternity on the ground and he went up to him and he said, Arthur, are you Mr. Eternity? To which Arthur replied, guilty, Your Honour, but you won't tell anyone, will you? It had been 19 years. Uh, there's even been a book written about Mr. Eternity and there's been testimony after testimony about lives that have come into the kingdom from that one word from that one word. Isn't that an awesome thing? Arthur Stace, an underclass battler, former drunk, criminal, could inspire a whole city. And it went around the world. I just want you to take a look at the screen. I'm going to show a short clip about where else this word ended up. If I can get out of the way in time. Thanks, Chase. Graffiti. You find it in cities, on walls, bridges, trains, buildings, and even the footpath. But not everyone appreciates it. Graffiti is a form of urban expression and art. Have you ever heard of the greatest graffiti artist the city of Sydney has ever had? His work isn't temporary. It'll last forever. In fact, it's so unique that it's even been preserved in the National Museum of Australia. But who could this unsung hero be? Well, he rose from Sydney's underbelly, 
to overcome a life of rejection, alcohol and crime. He's an Aussie battler who became a legend. For more than a quarter of a century, his shadowy, elusive figure roamed the streets of Sydney in the darkness before dawn, unseen and unknown. He left a mysterious message written on the pavements of the city that the city workers would find in the morning rush hour. Who was he? And why did he do it? And what was the meaning of his cryptic message? Well, for many years, it was one of Sydney's biggest mysteries. Who was writing in chalk this one word, eternity, on the footpaths every morning? In fact, it was written about half a million times on the sidewalks of the city. This one word had made such a big impact on Arthur Stace's life that he wanted to share it with everyone. Just one word, eternity. It's a message of hope. It's a message that dramatically transformed the life of Arthur Stace and he wanted to share it with others so they could also find the same eternal hope in God. And so on the 1st of January in the year 2000, right at the beginning of the new millennium, the people of Sydney and the world marveled at the sight of the southern skies ablaze with colour. And then as the fireworks faded, through the haze, appeared emblazoned on the harbour bridge the word eternity. That one word delivered the message of eternity to the millions of people watching. Oh, how good is that? That's crazy. That's crazy good. As we close off this morning, I just love how that took, went all the way. And I, and I think it's prophetic in nature to start off a new century, to start off you know, when, when there was fear, when Sydney was going to be holding the, the Olympic Games, when the, all the world was watching, this guy that did it where no one could see, this fellow who didn't want to be recognised, this fellow who avoided the papers, this humble man that just wanted to sow a seed of love into his community because he had been impacted by eternity. And then it's on the Sydney Harbour Bridge for the world to look at. You don't know what God can do with your simple obedience. It's not about chasing a bridge and chasing lights. It's about chasing eternity, eternity, eternity. You may be here this morning and your eternity is secure in God. Can I tell you, for us to hold that in is like having the cure to cancer in your pocket and not sharing it. We are called to take it and to share it with a world that desperately needs it. And we want to be that church, amen? We're going to be that church. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray a blessing over us. If you're comfortable just to stand and close your eyes. And I'm going to hand back to Jess shortly to, to hold off, but I'm, to, to hold off, to close off. Do whatever you want, Jess. But I want to pray over us. And if you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what? I need that burden. I need, Father, a burden for the lost. Would you put that in me? It's something we can pray for, I believe, and ask for. Jesus said himself that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers. And he wants these laborers to have the burden for the lost. So right now, as eyes are closed, if that's you this morning, if you just lift your hands or a hand and just say, I'm just receiving this prayer. I'm in a, a posture of reception. I'm, I'm putting my hand up because I'm praying for myself. Father God, I just pray this morning that that, that anguish that Paul had, Father, that 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 in his heart sorrow for people that would not know you, Lord, to go to a Christless eternity. Lord, would you just 
Holy Spirit, pour that in. Holy Spirit, that we would be burdened by the things that break your heart, God. And we know that you break for the lost. Lord, we know that it's your will that none would perish, but all come to repentance. So Father, fill me with a divine burden this morning, a divine discontentment. Father, that I won't just see people as people, but people as souls that you are chasing after. Father, I pray for our families, our children. I pray right now for people, Lord, they've got family members that don't know you, myself included, I'm praying, Lord. Father, give us a burden for the lost. Give us tears and prayers, Father, for the lost. Let this reality be more important than what we're having for lunch after, more important than what's going on in the, in the world, more important than the fear around us, Lord. Let us share what we have with passion and love. I pray that burden over our church as a whole. And you can put your hands down. And I just seal that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. While we're in attitude of prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins, in these next couple of moments right now, I just want to invite you to come forward. And I'm going to hobble down and pray with you. But if that's you, I'm just going to give a 30 seconds just to walk down the front. If you're not a Christian, and you would like to give your heart to Jesus for the first time and say, yeah, I want to be forgiven of my sin. I've never done that. As Christians are praying in the room, just praying quietly, would you come to the front and I'll pray, meet you here and pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Always love to give this opportunity. It's not, a, uh, it's not out of compulsion. It's just the opportunity. You're responding to God. Father, I thank you for that opportunity. I thank you, Father, for every person in this place. And I just speak a blessing over them this morning, a blessing over people here. Maybe they don't know many people. I pray, Father, for a great time in the foyer around coffee where they can connect and we continue to build community here. Father, we thank you as we lead into Faith Promise for all you're doing in these missional areas. But Lord, our cry is that we would all be missionaries every day, everywhere, in every way. So I pray and speak that over us in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.